Good morning, everybody. Welcome. It's so good to be here today. My name is Adam Sidler. I'm the senior pastor here at North Haven Church. And if you think that just by the mere fact that I'm talking is causing all these people to leave, no, that's, that's because they're going to the kids' program. So uh, happy Mother's Day. Um, it, it is Mother's Day, and that's exciting. So we're going to talk about that here in just a minute. But before we do that, I just want to underline what Alyssa was talking about just a little bit ago, and that is our bike blessing that's happening here uh, next Sunday. So immediately following the second service from 12 to 3, uh, we're inviting people all throughout this community to come with their motorcycles, mopeds, electronic bikes, whatever, and uh, we, we want to pray for them. That's a big deal. I've been a motorcyclist since I was 18 years old, and uh, I was in a major accident in 2003. It's actually the reason why I met my wife. I'll share that story one day. Um, but all that to say is um, praying over motorcyclists, that's, that's really significant. Um, and so we're getting the word out. Uh, we're letting people know. We're working with the city to, so that they can help us, uh, help people know as well. And uh, so we're just hoping that, that people come and, and give us a chance to bless them, pray for them. If you would like to uh, volunteer, to participate in that, I would love to be able to do that with you. All you need to do is just uh, chat with me either after the service, let me know that you'd love to volunteer, or you could certainly email me. Um, or if, uh, if you're uh, on the virtual service, you can just put that in the comments as well. Uh, so please be a part of that if you can. And um, welcome, welcome to all of you that are here in person, and welcome to those of you who are joining virtually. Uh, I'm just so grateful to be here, and if you're new, if this is your first time, or if you've been coming for a short time, please take a moment and introduce yourself to me, because I'd love to know uh, who you are, how I can pray for you, how I can support you. Uh, you can do that after the service, for those of you in person, or virtually. Just put it in the comments, or you can click the prayer button and say, I'd like Pastor Adam to contact me. That will prompt me to, to not only know who you are, but then to reach out and see how we can uh, be a, a support to you. So uh, Mother's Day, well, Mother's Day 2021, this is much different than Mother's Day 2020. If you forget, last year we did a drive-in service for Mother's Day. Raise your hand if you were a part of that service, if you came. So we did drive-in service. We were sending everything out via an FM radio transmitter, and we were uh, the stage was up on the berm out there. And if you if you forget, it was snowing. We have a picture of that actually. This is actually from the the Mother's Day service. Um, uh, yeah, uh, that, no, it's much, much better this year. Sun is shining. Uh, we can actually be outside and enjoy it. Um, it's, it's fantastic, and I just praise God for that. Um, but today is, is Mother's Day, and uh, today is a wonderful tradition uh, that we use to recognize and honor various women in our lives, not just moms, but all those that have had impact in our lives. And it's especially significant um, as we look at the past 14 months and consider the history of Mother's Day. 
The history of Mother's Day is very interesting uh, because uh, for a long, long time, so Mother's Day became this, this uh, recognized holiday in America and throughout the world back in the 1930s and 40s. And it was really uh, just a, a, a way for uh, uh, florists and Hallmark to make a buck, right? Um, but before that, before that, Mother's Day was actually the celebration, mainly in the United Kingdom and Europe, that uh, prompted people annually, one day a year, to go back to their quote-unquote mother church. That is the church uh, that, they, that, that was in their hometown, the church that they grew up in. You would go back to that church one time a year and celebrate in that way. So I just think it's so, it's so cool in 2021 as we think about our theme for this year, regroup, finding one another again that we would continue to connect with North Haven. And I'm, again, thankful for the means to be able to do that in person as well as virtually. Looking forward to how that continues to flesh out in the months to come. So today we're going to, uh, we're going to focus on a day of honor. Romans chapter 12, verse 10 says, Be devoted to one another in love. Honor one another above yourselves. And so we're going to bring honor to all the amazing women in our lives. Moms, grandmothers, sisters, aunts, uh, daughters, friends, neighbors, coworkers, all those that have had a significant impact in our lives. And we're going to start by doing that uh, through a prayer. I will ask that you would bow your heads, close your eyes, pray with me as I share this prayer adapted from author Daniel Darling. Father God, today we approach your throne on the behalf of the mothers that you have entrusted with the care of your most precious little ones. We thank you for creating each mom with a unique combination of gifts and talents. And we thank you for the sacrifice of self each mom gives for her children. We thank you for the gift of time that moms give for their children, whether it's stay-at-home moms, working moms, and moms who have some combination of the two. We pray that you would give each mother strength, help her to see in every mundane task the eternal cosmic significance that you have placed on motherhood. Help her to understand that the most radical world-changing events may be happening anonymously, unknown in her home. Help her to forgive those who undermine her significance. We pray especially for single moms who must lean solely on you for the fathering of their children. We thank you that you have big arms that surround children who may never know their earthly father. And we also pray for mothers who have never had the honor of bearing children, but whose nurturing extends to the many poor and needing who cross the threshold of their lives. We also pray for mothers who have lost any of their previous children. May you give them ever-present comfort and peace in the midst of their grief and pain. And may the memories of their children be a constant source of joy as they patiently await the moment 
when they will be reunited again. Lord, on this day in which we honor mothers of all kinds, may, may we love and cherish the special women who have borne us, who have nurtured us, who have prayed for our well-being and walked along life's path by our side. May our hearts overflow with gratitude to you, Father God, who formed and knitted each of us in our mother's womb. And all of God's people said, amen. So there are many women, just like, just like with you, there are many women over the course of my life that have had significant impact on me. And I could spend time today, all day today, going through those, those, the list of those women and, and giving you in detail specifically what it was about them that helped shape who I am today. But there are three women in particular that I want to focus on. Three women who, in my life, stand above the rest. The first is my grandmother, Grandma Sidler, and she passed a number of years ago, back in 2002, I think it was. And my grandmother Sidler, I, I lived with her for a year in my college years. And it was, such a, it was such a formative experience for me uh, that I actually wrote a short play about that. Uh, for instance, my grandmother, she wore a hearing aid. She was really hard of hearing. And her hearing aids in particular, every now and then they would send this high-pitched screech. And, and she couldn't hear it because she was hard of hearing. But I could. And so I'd be saying, Grandma, your, your hearing aids, they're, they're going off. What? They're going off. I can't hear anything. I know you can't hear anything. Trust me. She loved coupons. She, she'd see a 24-pack of Snickers, and she'd say, Adam, will you please pick this up from the grocery store? Grandma, you don't eat Snickers. I have a coupon. <laughs> and, and my grandma, this experience, this is where my incredible fear of expiration dates comes from. I cannot, in my house now, I cannot, a milk, a gallon of milk, one day past its date, it's going out. My grandmother had a, a, a canister of Parmesan cheese from 1981 in her pantry. I'm surprised that on her tombstone, there wasn't put, you can freeze anything. <laughs> but, despite all that, every day, my grandmother, for hours, would sit in her lazy boy with an open Bible on her lap. Every single day. And that had such a profound effect on me, especially at that season and time in my life, that when she passed, I wrote a song that I played at her funeral called The Sitting Child. And in the song, I referenced how, yes, yeah, she would sit every day in that chair with the Bible in her lap, uh, but now for all of eternity, she, she continues to sit, but Instead, in a lazy boy, she sits on the lap of her heavenly father. 
And there was never a moment that my grandmother failed to share her love for Jesus with others. Every, even as she waited two times a week in the lobby of the dialysis center, if you sat next to her, you heard about Jesus. There's a passage in Matthew where Jesus is speaking to a crowd of followers, and it comes after a very familiar passage to many of you called the Beatitudes. But Jesus continues his message. He goes in at great length over the uh, following chapters, actually. But here in verses 14 through 16 of chapter 5, Jesus, he says this to the crowd. He says, you, you are the light of the world, you. A town built on a hill cannot be hidden, Neither do people light a lamp and then put it under a bowl. Instead, they put it on its stand, and it gives light to everyone in the house in the same way. Let your light shine before others that they may see your good deeds and glorify your Father in heaven. Right off the bat here, Jesus makes something abundantly clear. Right off the bat, Jesus tells you and I that a genuine Christ follower is distinctive. A genuine Christ follower is distinctive. My grandmother was distinctive. She lived her life faithful to God to the point that it was unmistakable whom she loved and served. And just like my grandmother, light is also very distinctive. We can't make this, this the case in this room, but imagine we were in a very dark room. And in that very dark room, no light at all, I was to light just a single candle. Just by lighting that single candle in a completely dark space, we would all be aware of its existence immediately because there is such distinctiveness even in that small light. My grandmother was a light like that. And Jesus calls us to be that kind of light. In Matthew 5, 14, we read this. He says, you, you are the light of the world. We, you and I, are the light of the world. And Jesus calling us this, this is actually incredibly important and interesting. Because Jesus himself actually refers to him, himself as this. Jesus takes this title. In John chapter 8, verse 12, look at this with me. When Jesus spoke again to the people, he said this. He said, I am the light of the world. Jesus is saying, I am the light of the world. But then catch what he says right after that. He says, whoever follows me, one, will never walk in darkness, and two, will then have, will then possess, 
will then become the light of life. You see, Jesus, yes, he is the light of the world, but when we give our life to Jesus, when we become Christ followers, we are then given that light ourselves. And then we become the light of the world. In Ephesians chapter 5, verse 8, For you were once in darkness, but now you are light in the Lord. Live as children of light. Thus, being that you and I are the light of the world, we are called to live distinctively, set apart, to live so distinctive that we are a candle lit in the midst of a dark room. So my grandmother has not been the only woman in my life who's made a significant impact on me. There is someone who has just changed so much of who I am, who has caused me to be a better man, who's caused me to want to be the best man that I can be, and that's my wife. My wife I've been married to now for 16 years, and you know, my wife's name is Sarah, by the way, you know how much she loves me. Because she was born and raised in West Palm Beach, Florida, just north of Miami. And she came up here. That's some serious love, right? She's the only person, the only person who has seen the absolute best of me and the absolute worst. The only person. And she's seen all the different shades in between. And even with all of her incredible gifts and qualities and traits, the best by far is this. My wife is so incredibly humble. You know, my wife is unequivocally, and I'm not just saying this because she's in the room and I think that it will get me some brownie points, even though I know that's true. But my wife is the most intelligent. She's the most gifted. She's the most talented and hardworking person that I have ever met. The level of of professionalism and skill and experience that my wife has is just, it blows me away. And yet, you know the thing is about her? Is that you would never know these things just by talking to her. You see, her speech is always peppered and her motivation, her heart is always motivated by selflessness by others. Not her glory. 
And I've always said this. This is uh, something that, and I, I get it. Over the years, as a worship pastor and, and as a senior pastor, you know, I've been the one on the stage. People have, uh, you know, looked at me. And my wife is often the person who's kind of in the shadows. She's been in the background. And that's a shame because I tell people all the time, if you want to know the, 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 the most important part of me, the best part of me, let me introduce you to my wife. And again, looking at the passage from Matthew chapter 5, Jesus states this. He says, let your light shine before others that they may see your good deeds. Now, if it stopped there, if it stopped there, grace is out the window. If letting your light shine is so that, that people can see your good deeds, then the, everything that we do is merit-based. It's based on what we can successfully do, and it is threatened by what we cannot do. But that's not where it stops. That they may see your good deeds, and so that God is glorified, not you. Not only does Jesus tell you and I that we should live distinctive lives, but he also states to do so is not for our glory, but a genuine Christ follower points to God's glory alone. And my wife, my wife points to the glory of God. She doesn't point to her own. She lives her life faithful to God to the point that it is unmistakable for who deserves the glory, and that is God himself. You know, it's the antithesis, really, of, of living one's life shining a light because when we think of shining, shining a light, if we were, in fact, in a dark room and I lit this candle, it would be very distinctive. We would see it. We would realize it. We would be drawn to it. And so you would think, then, the purpose is for everyone to focus on this. But that's not the focus, that's not the reason. That's not the purpose. The purpose to shine a light is only so God's glory is clearly seen to everyone around you. And that's a good thing. Because if your purpose to shine a light was so that everyone would see you, then the awe that others would have when looking at you would only be momentary. You know why? Because we have a monopoly, you and I. There's no one exempt from this. We have a monopoly on disappointing people. We will always disappoint people. You could be so vigilant. You could be so careful to not allow that to happen, but it will always be the case. That's why I try to get people as married, married as fast as possible because I don't want the, dis the disappointment to, to creep in. I'm just kidding. I, I want them to go through the process of realizing how you know, this marriage is important and you got to spend the rest of the That stuff's good, Yes. But we disappoint each other all the time. 
But like you, I cannot save anybody for eternity. I can't do that. Like you, I cannot justify sin. And like you, I cannot give everlasting forgiveness. I can't do that. Only God can do those things. And it's made possible only through the sacrifice that Jesus became so that you and I could be saved for eternity. So my grandmother and wife have surely had a significant impact on me, but there's yet one more woman that I must mention. Mother Teresa. No, I'm just kidding. My my mother, my mother. She's here in the room. Now, if you've met my mom, you've been encouraged. You've been blessed. My mom uh, started coming here because uh, I became the pastor here. <laughs> so she, she started coming, and um, she's now a part of this church. Forty years ago, my mother, Sherry Ann Sidler, gave birth to me. I was 11 pounds. That was before epidurals. Happy Mother's Day. (laughs) She gave birth to me 44 years ago, and it took her six years after that to come up with the nerve to want to do it again. I have three younger brothers. If you were to ask my mom, without me prompting you here in this, in this time, if you were, to, if you were uh, to come up to her at any time and say, what has been one of the most significant seasons in your life? What has been one of the most joyful, uh, satisfying seasons of your life? My mom would undoubtedly say that it's when she was the worship pastor at the church that I grew up in. As a matter of fact, I, there's really not a whole lot of conversations that she and I have where that doesn't come up in some way, because it was such a formative and important and God-fulfilling experience for her. And my mother, she rocked it. She's a worship rebel. She loved and loves to worship and to lead others through that. And every Sunday, my mom sang her heart out. If you've heard her sing, you know that she can't really sing softly. She sings her heart out. And I had a front row seat to that. And it wasn't always because I wanted one. Me and my brothers, we got drugged to church a lot. And my mom excelled at this really amazing gift being able to lead others in worship and then give us the mother eye and just like, just like that. Draw me close to you. Never let. It was scary. And as my mother worshiped each Sunday, she would spread her arms wide. She was... She never experienced an inhibition to express herself in worship. And she did that so that all would see 
Jesus in her. And this reminds me again of Jesus' words in that passage in Matthew chapter 5, verse 15. Neither do people light a lamp and then put it under a bowl. Instead, they put it on its stand and it gives light to everyone in the house. You see, Jesus, yes, he tells us that we should live distinctive lives and that we should do so not for our glory, but for his. And it says, when we do that, we will know that a genuine Christ follower shines for all to see. My mother has and continues to shine her light for for all to see. She lives her life faithful to God to the point that it is unmistakable the light of Jesus that radiates from her actions, her words, and her love. And a light is lit. A light is lit so that other people can see. A light is not lit just so that it can be put out. And as such, do you know what the most important message in these verses are? Yes, we should be distinctive. Yes, we should give God the glory and not us. And yes, we should shine a light for all to see. But the most important message in these verses is that when we believe that Jesus Christ is the Son of God, when we believe that he died on the cross for our sins and then rose three days later, and when we believe that by deciding to follow him and make him the leader of our life, the Bible says that we are saved for all of eternity. We are free. We are secure. You see, when you make a decision to follow Jesus and to become a Christ follower... That if you then live your life indistinctive, focusing on giving glory to yourself rather than to God, and not with the purpose of shining that light for others to see, Jesus is saying that that is no better than if that light was out. You see, similar to a light shining in a dark room, a light that is distinctive, a light that brings glory to God and not to ourselves and that shines with the purpose for all to see We need to understand that to not do those things, to be indistinctive, to focus on glory for ourselves, not with the purpose to shine a light so that others can see, is no better than that light being completely out. You and I, we should live our lives as if we are this bouquet of flowers. 
You've been probably looking at this from time to time, and we could, we could talk about how a bouquet of flowers is very distinctive. How when we look at it, we, we kind of start beginning to think about the person that put this arrangement together. Maybe we take it a step further and we think about who created these flowers in the first place. And then every person in this room has, has looked at these. You can't help. They're sit here so that everybody can see them. And that's, that's how it is that we are to live our lives. And as I think about the life that has been displayed to me over the years, I'll give this to you, Mom. Happy Mother's Day. We're to live our lives like that. Distinctive. Giving glory to God, not to ourselves so that the light of Jesus is seen to everybody around us. Let's pray. Father God, I pray that your light will shine through me as I seek you each and every day. I pray for everyone in this room that our life would be distinctive in this dark world. Help us, Father God, to keep our eyes focused on you. Let us not shine our light for our glory, but for yours. And let our life be so radiant that everyone around us sees your love. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.